We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome to a very early edition of the Morning Grind here for basketball. I'll say very early because I like to sleep in. Didn't get a chance today. I've been up researching all morning. It is a fantastic day because playoff basketball is still on. Baseball is still on. But we're talking some basketball. I'm joined here by my good buddy, Chief Justice 06, Will Priester. How you doing there, my friend? I'm good, man. Uh, I think it's going to be a great day. Uh... I like it when I uh, get to find a nugget right before the show. Oh man, I'm excited! I uh, let's let's get to work here, man. I, I'm ready to get this thing cracking. Yeah, yeah, and I got we talked about the little thing you found right beforehand. But guys, we got a full four game slate. We're gonna be going game by game. Before we get to that, guys, don't forget to sign up for SharpSide. You swipe left, you swipe right. It's pretty much the tender of sports betting. You get money based on how many you get in a row on the street contest. So lock in a bet. My lock bet today, Houston, minus two and a half. Will, what's your lock bet today? Well, mine is right in line with that game. Uh, I'm going to take James Harden over 35 and a half real points. Uh, I think, you know, listen, I faded Harden at least once. And I think I talked about that in the expert survey. But Harden's ownership is going further and further down. Like, we're starting to get low 20s on Harden right now. Uh, I-, I thought I was going to be able to hit the lock button. I can't quite hit the lock button, but I'm going to be well over the field on Harden today at low 20s ownership. And, look, I mean, I think I think the builders get one stud and, and build around that today. I-, I think that's a pretty close um, I think you can go in the mid-range, but we've still got Harden without Russell Westbrook, and because we haven't seen 70, uh, recency bias has his ownership trending in the wrong direction. Uh, I, I think Harden scores at least 45 real points today. Uh, that, that was kind of my hot take. Might not be as hot, but I, I really like Harden today at this lower ownership. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Recency bias is a massive thing in playoffs because we essentially just have the same exact schedule every single day of the playoffs and people just go off of what happened the last game what happened on the gate before like what has happened so far in these series and people don't realize that things change not every single game is the same some things are just variants but there is some volatility so if you just go strictly off of what has happened so far in the series you're probably not going to get any leverage on the field so make sure that you 
realize that things are a little bit volatile. But let's get into the first game here. We're going to start off with Milwaukee versus Orlando. Orlando is a 13-point dog. We have a 227 total. Let's start off. Giannis, one of the studs on the slate here, going to come in at decent ownership at 24%. Are you using Giannis in this game, or are you going hard? And it sounds like you are definitely going hard. Yeah, uh, you know, in my player pool, I'm going to have the three studs. Giannis is going to be the one that I'm not going to have. But once again, you, you guys know I'm not advocating. If I do that, I'm trying to get more ownership on one of the other guys, and that's the only reason I do it. Uh, I'm still going to side with LeBron and AD when they're coming in at, you know, under 11K. And it's not much on DK right now. So I'm not going to act like it's a $1,000 gap, like on FanDuel where LeBron's 10-5, Giannis is 10-5. I've been fading Giannis the whole playoffs to try to increase my LeBron exposure on FanDuel, and that's not going to change today. On DK, it is a little bit different. I'm still going to side to fade Giannis so I can load up on more Harden. So, you know, that's just, you know, how, how Giannis ends up out of my player pool. Obviously, I'm not advocating that anyone not play Giannis. I'm just giving you my perspective on how I'm trying to build for tournaments. Has it really burned me yet? And, and if they get up in this game like we anticipate, if they're able to close this game out and drop the hammer, uh, then Giannis should get 60. And I can live with him getting 60 uh, and, and let my other studs and, and mid-range players do the, do the work. But – uh, that's how I feel about Giannis. I'm not really hardly going to have anyone from Milwaukee. Uh, you know, the prices have kind of come up on DK, which is fine for me. Air Bledsoe at 5,900. Uh, it's just okay. I don't think I need him. Definitely not playing Chris Middleton at 7,900. Uh, Brooke Lopez, 5,200. I think he gets some exposure there. Uh, and that that's about it. Uh, it's pretty much just Giannis and Brooke Lopez. Everybody else is getting the X button. And, and, yeah. and, and, my, and my bill is Giannis is getting the X button, but I'm saying if I were building with Giannis, it'd probably be just him and Brooke Lopez. Yeah, so uh, that's interesting. Are you not using Milton over on FanDuel? Nah, I, I, I had to take him out. So, you know, on FanDuel, I only get two shooting guards. And so in order for me to really hammer my heart in exposure, I had to get rid of some guys. So there are going to be a lot of shooting guards that aren't bad plays that I'm just fading because I want to load up on more harder. So uh, I guess we'll get to those guys when we get there, but I, I won't have any Middleton exposure across any sites. That's a, okay. That's an interesting little take there. I mean, Middleton just seems a little bit underpriced here, but I understand it completely because of the positional scarcity over on FanDuel because of the ownership. I mean, we currently haven't pegged it going for 37% ownership over on FanDuel. And it's obviously very much a price play. It's just the way that the lineup construction ends up working out. But, yeah, Middleton is going to be heavily owned over on FanDuel, a lot less so over on DraftKings here because of his price tag of 7.9K. Bledsoe, both sites are going to end up being fairly high owned. I understand it. It's not something I would be going with. Obviously, the minutes aren't really there that much right now. Doesn't seem like a guy that I want to be paying for if he's going to come in at near 30% ownership. So right there, Brooke Lopez is sitting there at 5.2K. kind of makes things work. Going to be heavily owned on both sides. I'm actually probably not going with a whole lot of Brolo. I get that he's done decent so far in the playoffs, but I don't think that he's a guy that I really want to go with. What about over on the other side? We have Fultz sitting there at projected 46% ownership over on TK, 43% ownership over on FanDuel. He hasn't done a ton so far in this playoffs. Yes, he obviously has some upside. He's getting some minutes here. The game says Fultz will definitely be in there for a while. What are you doing with Fultz on both sides? 
Uh, I won't have any faults on FanDuel on DK, though, where he's 4,500-ish. Uh, I think uh, – 4,700, excuse me. Uh, usually, I would probably probably be full steam ahead. Here's what I would do with this Orlando situation on Fultz. Fultz is 4.7K projected at 46%. We've got DJ Augustine at 4,600 projected at 13%. Just X Fultz out of your pool and play Augustine. Uh, they're both – Pretty comparable. Even if you look at the projections, I mean, they've got about a four-point difference. I'd be willing to roll the dice uh, on on Ross or Augustine over Fultz at almost 50% ownership. Maybe that's not completely right, but it definitely suggests he's going to have more ownership than some of these other guys. Uh, I'm more than willing to hit the X button on DK. Totally unnecessary for a guy that doesn't have a crazy ceiling in this matchup. I mean, he always kind of has a little bit of a crazy ceiling because he can get things around. The problem is his ceiling is so few and far between that we rarely ever see it. I like that call on Augustine. I like that he's a little bit cheaper and going to come in at drastic lower ownership. People obviously don't want to go with a guy that's not in the starting lineup. So going with Augustine is absolutely like something I can get on board with there. Really like that. What about the other pieces that are going to come in is moderately chalky. Ross is sitting there at 4.9K. Fournier sitting there at 5.3K. So far in the series, 17 points, 24 points. 20 points just hasn't really gotten together. Hasn't shot well so far this series. But obviously Fournier is a guy that if he gets a little hot, he can end up putting up some points. Any interest over on with Ross or with Fournier? I know that you're not trying to take up a shooting guard position. Over on FanDuel, what about over on DK? Yeah, um, I, I don't mind Fournier at 5,300. Uh, listen, I don't think Orlando stands a, a chance uh, to to uh, to win any more games, but that doesn't mean they can't stay relatively competitive. I, I don't ever mind Fournier in this 5,500 and under range. It's when he gets up to 6K, 6,100, I just start hitting the X button. But in, in, the, in the low to mid 5K range, I don't hate it. Uh, don't hate Enos. Uh, don't hate, like I said, I've already talked about Ross. I think the wild card here is what do you do with Nikola Vucevic at 9,100? Uh, we've got him projected at about 10% ownership. Uh, and he's been able to, to really get off in some games, even with uh, them losing. Uh, I, I think Vuce is the ultimate tournament play. Now, FanDuel, he's going to get a lot more ownership at 24%. But on a site like DK, where he's nine and a half, and maybe you say, Let's try to go with more of a mid-range build, and you take a Vooch, uh, and and you know you take a Chris Paul, you take a Brogdon. Like if if you start to get in that range, I think Vooch is your guy. Uh, I've got another point guard that we'll talk about later that you know I'm pretty high on, uh, but but we'll, we'll get there once we get there. But Vooch, I really like on DK at ten percent ownership. I think that's a touch too low for his upside. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. We obviously saw what his upside is in the first game of the series where he absolutely went off. Cheaper than a lot of the other studs on the slate can realistically end up with close to the same amount of points as the other studs. So I'm right there with you. Anything else from this game or should we move on to a game that's a little bit more interesting? Yeah, man, let's move on. I think this is going to be my favorite game of the day. I think you're not alone there in thinking that. Uh, Houston going up against OKC here, 223 total in this game. Houston, two-and-a-half-point favorite. I think the line might have moved to three-and-a-half recently. Not really sure. It depends on which site you're on. But we got a lot of guys that we can play in this game. You already talked a little bit about Harden. Just give me your full spiel on why you want to play him because I'm in full-on agreement with you. Yeah, I mean, when I look at Harden, I mean, you know, nothing's really changed much. Uh, 
Russell Westbrook is still out. The fantasy production is still there. Just hasn't had a massive ceiling. But, I mean, if you're looking on even his DK stuff, I mean, 58 the first game, 59, 49 the second game, 61 the third game, and he fouled out in overtime. He was pretty much on his way to 70 fantasy points. He just fouled out. I, I, I really like Harden where the ownership is, is just – I've talked about it. It's trending in the wrong direction. We're getting him in low 20s now. Uh, I, I, I just think Harden's a phenomenal player. Now, I do want to kind of talk a little bit more about FanDuel than DK right now because on FanDuel, Houston is just really – I don't want to say underpriced. Let's say maybe priced a little bit more appropriately. Uh, so, like, when you got DK, on DK, Eric Gordon is 6K. He's 5,300 on FanDuel, lock and load. Uh, I, I think Jeff Green is a phenomenal player on both sides. Uh, you know, you, you got a little bit of Daniel House, 5K, 4,800. I think Houston is a team that we can really get some good value from. And, listen, I haven't done this all playoffs. I don't really like them. But I, I, I saw something in game three that I think Houston may utilize. I'm going to have some P.J. Tucker shares today. I don't ever play P.J. Tucker. I just feel like he runs up and down the court. If he can run into some steals and blocks, maybe we can get some upside. But I just saw something that I liked in this game. Um, I am going to have P.J. Tucker, even on fan duel at 4K in the center spot, that can really open things up for you. Uh, as you can tell, Houston is a team I'm really high on. And some of my lineups on fan duel, I will for sure have four – Houston Rockets, and I don't usually play that way, but when I throw Tucker into the mix, it ju- it's just how it pans out. So, uh, and, and when I do that, you know, you're able to play a LeBron, you're able to play an AD, you're able to get, you know, some of those uh, Bam and, and and higher upside point guard combinations. So, just wanted to kind of put that out there. I'm, I'm not saying PJ Tucker's going to go out and light the world up for 30 today. But I do think, you know, with, with what I saw in game three, I think he's got some upside if he can hit a few more corner threes. So uh, just want to put that little teaser out there. I'm really high on the Rockets on FanDuel because of the value they provide. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 like, I like what you're saying there, especially about Harden. Like, yeah, you say, like, he was well on his way to 60 points in the last game, but he fouled out. Like, that's accurate. Game two, he only shot 31% from the field. It was a weird game where they pulled away from them later on with just a whole bunch of bench players hitting three after three after three after three, so they didn't really need him as much in the fourth quarter there. So that's why he only ended up with 50 points. We look at how he shot from beyond the arc. Last game, three for 13. Game before, two from 11. Yes, Dorson playing some fantastic defense on him, but this isn't something that we can really expect to continue. So he's one game away from putting up an absolutely massive game, very close to a double-double in a lot of those games. It's a nice little bonus. So the difference between what he did in the last game and what he could have done had things not happened in overtime, just needed two more assists, three more boards, and he's off to an absolutely massive game, especially if he gets a few more points so he doesn't end up falling out. So I'm right there with you with Harden. I like the P.J. Tucker call. I'm not going to do it. I will refuse to play P.J. Tucker. It's just a rule I have. I know that's not something we're supposed to do with fantasy. Oh, I but... have rules as well. And one yeah. of those rules is I don't play Miles Turner hardly ever. So it's okay. Trust me. Yeah, we all have those. And it's never a good idea to fully swear off a player. But yeah, I'm not playing P.J. Tucker. Although 4.2K, uh, who knows? Maybe I'll break my rule. Uh, I don't think you talked about House too much. Um Obviously, a guy that's going to come in with a decent amount of ownership on both sides. Been playing well, especially the last two games. Been playing a ton of minutes here. Are you using House? Is he one of the guys that you're going to throw into your lineup? Or is it just the yeah, other Yeah, yeah. I'll have some House exposure for sure. I will say I don't think it's fair that House is 23% and, 
and Jeff Green is 19. I know that doesn't seem like a big difference, but Jeff Green has been playing pretty good basketball here for, for uh, the Rockets. You know, uh, two out of the three games. I want to say three out of the three. He just didn't have the fantasy production in game two. And nobody really had the fantasy production. Weird game. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's just a small, you know, percentage tick. But these are the types of decisions I like to make when I'm playing in tournaments. So on a site like DK, if my build isn't coming out the way I want it, I'll just X out a guy like House and bump up my green exposure. It's just, you know, it's just how I play to get leverage. Same thing, same scenario with Fultz and DJ Augustine. There's not as big of an ownership gap, but I, I will be more inclined to pound, you know, the pavement with Jeff Green over uh, Daniel House at 5K. Yeah, yeah, don't mind that at all. I think that's a pretty good call there. Jeff Green has obviously been crushing it. Yeah, the game two was so weird. I was sitting there live betting the game for most of it. And like the 14-0 run that Houston went on and then OKC came back. It was just, it was a fun game to watch, a fun game to bet on. But it, it was definitely not your typical game that you that happens. So let's move on to OKC. Lots of potential guys here. Gallinari is going to come in a decent amount of ownership. He's played well so far. Adams is going to come in with a decent amount of ownership. He's an interesting one there. Played well in some games. Played not so well in the other games. Obviously coming off a little bit of a quad injury, I believe. We've got Schroeder in there. Probably coming in at low ownership, but absolutely a guy that can take over. SGA, Paul, who just took over the last game. What are you go- doing with OKC? I'm trying to figure out which guys I really want to use here, and I'm having trouble hammering down one specific guy that I want to have in a lot of my lineups. I think it might be Chris Paul for me, but what are your thoughts on it? Well, uh, let me say this, and, and, and this is just a general blanket statement for everyone that's playing NBA DFS or NFL DFS. I do think it's beneficial to just watch some of the game just to kind of get an idea of what the rotations look like. And look, I know we can look at it in in, uh, court IQ and we can kind of see the flow of the game. But, you know, if you watch the game, you kind of see how guys are playing, how they're looking together. And, you know, I I talked about something I saw with PJ Tucker or something I saw with OKC this last game that I think Billy Donovan is probably going to take a hard look at is the three guards, the trio of guards, Paul, SGA, and, and Schroeder, played massive minutes to close out this game. And I think this is something that may continue even more in the middle of the game now because they had great success with it. So uh, even though Dennis Schroeder is 6,200, I think we can get away with playing him. I think he's still got 40-point upside in this spot. I think Paul has 50-point upside. I think SGA continues to have 50-point upside. And I, I'm, I'm looking at these ownership percentages on these guys. we got Schroeder projected at 8, SGA projected at 9, Chris Paul projected at 11. I, it, look at those ownerships versus what we're going to see on Brogdon, and we'll get to that in a second. We've got Brogdon pushing 40% ownership, over 40 on both sides, and you've got SGA who's had two massive games at 10%. Dennis Schroeder at 8, Chris Paul at 11. I, I think we can get leverage off Brogdon with Paul, SGA, Shorter, and, and, and another guy in the game that we'll talk about in, in the Indiana game as well. But I think Brogdon's coming in at a touch too high ownership for my blood. Uh, I'm willing to hit the X button on Brogdon today. On DK, let me specify. I'm not willing to hit the X button on FanDuel because of the position scarcity that it provides. On DK, I'm willing to take my chances with no Brogdon at 44% and load up on Paul, SGA, and Schroeder and and see where it takes me. If he burns me, he burns me. But I I just think these ownership discrepancies, especially when SGA is 
7,400, and he's at both spots as well. He, he can We can put him in the point guard spot. And if you look, just look at the last couple games. I mean, 51, 44, didn't have a good first game. Past two games has been over 40. Brogdon's only been over 50 once, and he just had a massive game. Like, let's not overreact and act like Brogdon's been scoring 50 points every fantasy slate. He has not. That, that's not what he's done. So Brogdon's put up 40 and 37 and then a 68. No different than what SGA has done. So I I think Brogdon's a touch too over home for me on this slate on DK. I will hit the X button and take my chances with these trio of guards from OKC. I like what you're saying there. So let's move on over to the indie game here. You already mentioned the lead here. Brogdon, probably too cheap, been on a bit of tear, going to be massively owned here. Sitting at 7.5K over on DK, got him pegged for 44% ownership. FanDuel, 7.6, got him pegged for 48% ownership. We look at him so far in the playoffs, and yeah, you're comparing him to a guy like SGA or a guy like Chris Paul. Outside of the last game, has not outdone them. Last game, he ended up shooting 57% from three, 65% from the field overall. And yes, he did shoot bad in the first two games, so I expect it to be somewhere in the middle. But if he doesn't end up getting that double-double bonus and he doesn't shoot great in this game, there's a lot of different ways where he can end up not having a game that is even remotely close to worth his price tag and ownership. And we have multiple guys that are easy pivots, like super simple pivots, some direct pivots right off of him here. So you are full-on fading him on DK as of this moment? Yeah, yeah. Zero shares. And like I said, it's nothing against Brogdon. It's just he's he's too high on for my blood in tournaments for a guy that, you know, we're going to get comparable comparable or more performance from other guys. And one of the guys is in this same game. When I look at – when I pull up this ownership and I see Brogdon at 44% and then I see TJ Warren at 5.7%, that gets me excited. Uh, why are we not loading up on TJ Warren when essentially he's been the best player they've had since they've entered the bubble? Let's just rattle off some of these games since they've been there. 70 fantasy points, 69 fantasy points, 49 fantasy points, 36 fantasy points, 47. This game he had 18 against Miami. If I'm not mistaken, that's the game he got hurt and left. 45 fantasy points against Miami, 25 and then 44. He's essentially been the most consistent player on this team with the most upside, but yet he's coming in at 5% ownership and Brogdon's coming in at 44. I understand it's two different positions, but you can still rework the salary distribution. We've talked about some pivots. I just don't think Brogdon at 7,500 at 44% is worth it to me in tournaments when you've got his teammate at 78 and these other guys around the same price point that have equal or more upside. I just, and I don't dislike Brogdon. Once again, on FanDuel, I can't fade him. The position is different. On DK, he gets the X button. Well, I like what you're saying. It's definitely probably a smart game theory move. It's definitely something that'll make you make you a little bit queasy doing, but I, I do not mind that call at all. I think that's probably the smart play. I am right there with you. And yeah, Warren has been unreal playing in the bubble, and now that they're pretty much the exact same price or close enough to the exact same price. Um, Warren is definitely a guy that I could see outscoring Brogdon in this spot. We look at what he's done so far in the series, and yes, he shot pretty decent in the first game, but since then has not made a single point from behind the arc. Yes, he's relied heavily on some steals, but 
definitely a guy that can end up putting 60 up on the board at any given time. Yeah, they had Butler trying to lock him down a little bit and they have that feud going, but it's it's a spot where you're just taking the ownership knowing that based on probability, based on what the ownership is, it's probably the better move to play Warren over Brogdon and just roll with that. What about Oladipo here? Coming in, 20% ownership over on DK, slightly less over on FanDuel. Hasn't played fantastic, but hasn't played horribly so far in this series. 28 points in the last game, 32 points in the game before that. Price tag is not batting, definitely makes some things work. Are you going with Oladipo too much, or are you trying to play more of the OKC guards? Yeah, I I, I won't have any Oladipo on either side. It's, it's nothing against Oladipo. Uh, I just – I think next year we're going to see Oladipo from two years ago. I still think he's – you know, even though I feel like he's more healthy – we got to see these guys get really, you know, a little bit further along off those injuries. And it's the same thing we saw with Gordon Hayward, with Paul George. Guys have a major injury. It takes them about a year to get going. So, I, you know, I, I, I've been pretty much fading Oladipo at 6,300. I don't think it's worth it. Uh, I, I'd rather play some other guys, you know, in that price range uh, and get some exposure to them. So I, I won't have any Oladipo shares. All right. Yeah. You said you don't play Miles Turner. So you're not playing him today. He's only 3.8% owned, has put up two decent games in a row. Price tag's not bad, but I, I'm probably not playing him. I just want to make sure you're on the same page. Yeah, I, I'm not playing any Miles Turner. Uh, just can't do it. I don't think uh, – look, I just don't play him. And so, guys, you just have to understand that this, this, is, this is the most terrible analysis I can give. I just don't play Miles Turner, and that's just the end of it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. I've given that before, but if you want better analysis, like his upside compared to a lot of the other guys, the exact same range are is definitely lower. Like we haven't seen him put up much more than 40 points. Well, we have guys like Chris Paul, yes, they're different positions. We have guys like Chris Paul. We have guys like Brogdon. We have guys like Schroeder, SGA, all of which are just slightly less or about the same price tag as him, and they can easily go for 55 plus. Like all of them have higher floors. All of them have higher ceilings. Turner is going to come into less ownership, yes, but the discrepancy in ownership compared to guys like Chris Paul and SGA with Miles Turner is just not enough to make it worth playing him. So I'm fully off of him because of that. But what about over on the Miami side? We got Butler who's going to come in with a ton of ownership here. Probably worth it. I know that you tag Crowder. Talk about him. Talk about the guys over on Miami that you really like. I know you're a big fan of Drogic today. Yeah, man, uh, Drogic, listen, I've been on Drogic since they entered, you know, the playoffs pretty much. I've been hitting the lock button. It really hasn't burned me. Drogic is 6,500. Guess what, folks? To me, Drogic and Malcolm Brogdon aren't much different, and that's that's just how I feel about it in terms of fantasy production, right? You know, I don't feel like Brogdon is going to get 45-plus too often. If you look, he's at 40 and 37.68. When I look at Drogic, you know, everybody on Miami had a pretty rough second game. He still squeezed out 31 fantasy points, 42-31-42. The one thing that I wanted to note on Drogic is the usage. And so, you know, I'm looking at the usage, 26% usage in game one, 30% usage in game two, 27% usage in game three. And then I go back and I look at the shot attempts, 17 shot attempts, 18 shot attempts, 19 shot attempts. I like what I'm seeing from Drogic. I'm hitting the lock button on Drogic today across both sites. Uh, he will be in 100% of my lineups. I feel like he's the best point guard play. I'm not saying he outscores a Chris Paul. I'm not saying, you know, he outscores a uh, 
a, a SGA. But what I am saying is I feel like he's got the safest path to 35 to 40 fantasy points. And I'm willing to lock that in at 6,500 at 21% ownership. Uh, you know, if he gets 40, it's another good day. I think he can get it with the sh- shot attempts he's taking. What if, if he happens to shoot 12 for 20, we'll, we're well on our way. Uh, he hasn't shot that well yet. I mean, he shot eight for 17, which was great. Nine for 18, nine for 19. If we get one of those, you know, slightly, let's say, let's say he shoots about 60% from the field. Uh, we're going to have a great night or great afternoon from Dragic. So I think the ownership is low enough across both sides. I don't think there should be a 20% discrepancy between Dragic and, uh, and Malcolm Brogdon. I don't want, I don't want people to think I'm picking on Brogdon, but this ownership is too high for a guy that's usually, you know, under 40 fantasy points. So, uh, all, all aboard with the Dragic, uh, Jay Crowder at 4,200 on DK is a guy that, uh, I really like. And then of course, Bam under 8k, I, I think it's fair. Um, so I, I, I like these Miami Heat. I'm probably heavier on Miami uh, on DK than I am on FanDuel. And then on FanDuel, I'm a lot more heavy on Houston than I am on DK. But overall, Miami's a team I, I really want to target here. And, you know, don't forget about Duncan Robinson. I think he's a, a fringe tournament play. You're going to have to pay up for him a little bit. But if he gets hot from downtown, the guy can put up 25 fantasy points in a quarter. So uh, just just want to put that out there. He's still got pretty good minutes. Um, and obviously Jimmy Butler leading the charge at 33%. That's that's pretty close to where I think I would still maybe play him because I feel like he's got more upside than Brogdon game to game. But I'd probably match the field. I don't think I'd try to go too far past it. I may even be under the field, come in more at 30 to 28% on him or something like that. Yeah, no, I think you got to be under the field on Butler there. I like what you're saying about Crowder. Love what you're saying about Goran. Like what you're saying about Bam. Uh, what about Iggy sitting there at 3.5K? Just make some stuff work. He's getting minutes. Obviously, hasn't done a ton from a fantasy perspective in there in those minutes. But he's going to come in a little bit of ownership. He kind of makes things work. Are you playing Iggadal at all? I don't, I don't mind Iggy. Like, you know, last piece. I mean, the price is going to allow you to play him, right? If Iggy gets you 20 fantasy points, are you going to be upset? I don't think so. He's 26%. I think that's fair. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't mind playing him. All right, last thing before we move on to the next game, like the Holiday Brothers, any other ancillary pieces that we may have gone over that you have any interest in or is just we've gone through everyone? On, on FanDuel, and I'm, I'm thank you for mentioning this, Grant, because I like to be honest with the people, I will have a sprinkle of Justin Holiday, And by a sprinkle, if I go to my build, I think I have about 5%. Uh, just because, you know, uh, I am locking in Eric Gordon on FanDuel at 5,300. So, uh, in the event one of these guys, you know, can get the 30 fantasy points like Holiday or, or Crowder or Enos, you know, I've got them all projected the same. They're all 4,400. On DK, I don't, I don't mind Holiday. I'm, I'm not playing Aaron Holiday. I will tell you that. Uh, Justin, I will play, uh, you know, but just a sprinkle. No, nothing more than that. All right. Let's move on to the next game. we got the Lakers going up against Portland. 225 total here. Lakers. Favored by seven. This is going to be a fun game. I've enjoyed this series, even though one of the games was just a complete and total blowout. But I'm hoping that Portland ends up keeping it close and the series goes a while. I know that you're probably on LeBron as one of your favorite studs on the slate. Let's just first go with the ancillary pieces on the Lakers before we get to AD and LeBron. Like, are you using any of these guys here? Uh, yeah, listen, I mean, I, I don't plan on it. Um, and I don't think I need them to win a tournament. Now, look, 
we all know Danny Green could get hot and get 30 fantasy points. And I, I, I understand this. I understand that KCP can get 30 as well. You know, I always kind of try to talk about my personal build. And I'm not trying to force you my way. I just talk about what I'm doing so you can kind of hear some strategy. Um, you know, Danny Green and, and KCP, I think, are still cheap enough to play. Me personally, uh, I've been fading everyone on this team now. I, I, I may have some Kyle Kuzma shares because he is kind of the third wheel. If he comes off the bench and gets hot, you know, he, he is more expensive. But I do think I, I prefer a sprinkle of Kyle Kuzma over these other guys. All in all, I'm just playing LeBron and AD. All right. I, I don't mind that at all. Who are you preferring, LeBron or AD? What what percentage uh, are you going to have them in your lineup? Like, are you just kind of flipping them, either one, whoever fits? Uh, in my build, uh, I'm, a, I'm, prob- I'm, I'm a little bit heavier AD. Keep in mind, I'm mostly playing on FanDuel, so it's a little bit more position scarcity. Um, but that's the reason, I, like I talked about, I got rid of Giannis. Because if I play Giannis and LeBron, I can't. I just can't get as much LeBron with the one thousand dollar discount. With LeBron playing close to forty minutes a game, so uh, I I think I'm about ten percent more. Matter of fact, let me check and verify. Uh, da, 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 one second here. Yes, I, I'm roughly um, let's say about twelve percent more AD than LeBron on FanDuel right now, um, and that's probably about where it's going to say. However, I'm well over the field on LeBron because I faded Giannis. So uh, that, that's pretty much where I'm at on, on FanDuel with my build today. All right. I like what you're saying, FI guys. We're motoring on through this, so don't worry. We will have time for questions later. So all the ones that you've been dropping in, get ready to throw them in. Put QQ in front of them so I know what to do. Devin, you can probably collect most of them. Uh, but let's move on to the Portland side of game. I'm interested in Lillard here. Like, obviously, over on FanDuel, the way things work out with his price tag, he's definitely going to be higher up. Or, yeah, higher up. Over on DK, he's sitting at 10.9K. is right there with the rest of those studs. Hasn't had just an out-of-his-mind game so far in this series. But we all know that he can absolutely do that anytime. Lillard sitting at 10.9K, projected 5% ownership. What are your thoughts on Dame in this spot? Uh, he's getting the X button. Uh, Lillard, Lillard is more than LeBron. He's more than AD. I feel like LeBron and AD have more roads to get to 60 fantasy points, uh, where Lillard may have to score 45 real points to get there. I don't dislike Lillard. Now, look, on FanDuel at 9,500, we're in a totally different discussion, okay? But at 10-9 on DK, listen, Lillard is a tournament play extraordinaire. I, I think if you like Lillard, if any of you feel really good about Lillard, you just get him in your lineups. And at this point, at, at projected at 5% ownership, you don't even have to play him at like 30%. You could get him at about 15 and still be well over the field. So I like Lillard for tournaments. I'm not playing him personally. I do understand the tournament strategy. Keep in mind, a lot of times when I hit the X button, it's not because I don't like a guy. It's because I want more exposure to the guys that I like. And so if I plug in a Lillard, I may not be able to get 40% LeBron. I may only be able to get 28% LeBron. Well, I don't want 28% LeBron today. I want 40% LeBron. So this is why I have to fade a guy uh, like Lillard. I'm also fading C.J. McCollum. I very rarely play C.J. McCollum over 7K. I know he, I know he's had some big games, but now he's closer to 8K. I don't feel comfortable. A guy that I really like from this team, uh, Carmelo Anthony on both sides, going to be heavily invested in him. 
And then on FanDuel, where Yusuf Nurkic is at the 7K mark now, I don't care about these bad games he's had. I'm not going to let the recency bias sway me away. 7K for Nurkic, a guy that's got 50-plus point upside, uh, is squarely in play for me. But this is a FanDuel play, 8,600. I totally understand not pulling the trigger. On FanDuel, where the center position is a little bit more weak, in my opinion, I think it's well worth it. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I'm probably going to be about 50% on Nurkic on FanDuel today. Okay, that's pretty darn impressive there. I I don't think I'm doing that, but I like that call there. Um, anyone else that you're thinking about using this game? We've really motored through everything. This is going to be um, – let's just – everyone seems to be asking about the studs so far on this slate. Who the, should we play? Who is your favorite? So you already kind of went over on DraftKings. Your favorite stud to go with is – sounds like – 100% hard. Like, he hasn't put up a massive game. You know that's coming. There's still no Westbrook. Usage is absolutely there. He's going to come in far less owned than he should. People are going on Giannis, and you're full-on fading Giannis. Is that kind of where you're at? And then throw, sprinkling in a decent amount of LeBron and Davis over on DK? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Harden's kind of my stud today. Um, I couldn't get as much of him on FanDuel as I wanted, but I'm still going to be close to 20% above the field, I think. But, um, you know, Harden, Harden is the guy, and this is purely an ownership play. As the recency bias kicks in, his ownership is, is plunging. I want to make sure that I can get leverage with a guy that's got a really high floor and extremely high ceiling. Uh, James Harden is just my guy today in tournaments. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think he's my favorite play here. Um, so James asked. Harden, LeBron, Giannis, AD, after removed for one from your lineups, you have Giannis at 0% ownership. He is X'd out. Yeah, and listen, I, I'm not saying I feel good about it, but I think these all these studs in this tier have an equal opportunity to get to where Giannis is. I feel like Giannis is going to play 30 minutes. Giannis is going to put up 60 in 30 minutes, and I'm just going to take my chances with LeBron and Harden and AD playing about 35, let, let's say 38 minutes. And they're still going to get there as well. And let's hope they exceed that in a more competitive matchup. All right. Thoughts on Tyler Hero. He's currently pegged at around 20% ownership. Hasn't done anything yeah, great. I, Hasn't done anything terrible. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got Hero. I've got a, uh, let's see, on FanDuel, I'm about right with the field. We've got to project at 20. I'm at 22. Uh, so I, I'm pretty much going to be with the field on FanDuel. He's 5K there, 5,500 on DK. Uh, I still think you can play him on both sides. We know he has some upside. So, I mean, if the guy gets you 30, I, th- I think you'll, you would accept that. I'm not saying he's getting 30. I'm saying he's capable of 30. And that's what we're trying to speculate in tournaments. All right. Next question for DK single entry. I don't fully understand this. It says Paul or SGA or Augustine Paul. I mean, there's a pr- pretty decent price gap between Augustine and SGA. So, you're just asking, go ahead and throw that back in there. I don't know. But also a question like, Schroeder, SGA, Paul, like, would you use two of those guys in the same lineup or are you just sprinkling one or the other in there? Uh, in some lineups, I will have all three today. Uh, this, th- these guys accounted for most of OKC's production. Uh, and, and the reason why you can get away with it, they will – Dennis Schroeder's not going to start. So they're going to stagger him in the first quarter and stagger him in the second quarter. And they'll, so they'll have Schroeder and SGA – or Schroeder and Paul, and sometimes they may have Schroeder by himself. So 
and then as they get deeper into the game, they'll stagger Schroeder uh, with SGA, stagger Schroeder with Paul, and then as they close, they'll probably have all three. So I, in some lineups, not all, I, I will have all three, uh, but I think having a, two, a combination of the two is perfectly fine. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. Uh, DKGBP, favorite forwards under 4.9K. I got to assume that it's just Crowder. Yeah, uh, Crowder is for sure in there. I think if you want to play these Orlando guys, like I don't I, – because you don't really have a whole lot of value there. So, you know, if you want to play like a Terrence Ross at 4,900, I, I don't hate it. If you want to play James Enos or Gary Clark, I don't hate it if, if you absolutely need the value. Um, I guess, you know, let me say this. I guess we didn't really talk about Dort. I'm, I'm more invested in Dort on FanDuel because he's absolutely rock bottom men price. So if he can run into 20 fantasy points, I think you'll feel good, especially with me playing a whole lot of Harden. I needed the salary relief to get the rest of my uh, ownership parameters in line. I don't think he's as necessary on DK. I don't hate it, but I don't feel like you, you have to play him. On FanDuel, I feel like maybe he's probably more in consideration because he's rock bottom minimum playing about 35 minutes. All right, on the two-night slate, DK, do you go with more of a studs and duds build or balanced lineup? Uh, to be honest, I haven't looked at it, but, I mean, it's the two-night games. Um, that's that's going to be the 6.30 game and the 9 game. And the 6.30 game, is that uh, – that's the Miami-Indiana and then the Lakers and, and uh, Portland. If you're on DK – most people are probably going to play Brogdon. Um, I, I think you're going to have a combination. I, I think you're going to need at least one stud. I don't think you can fade LeBron and AD, and I don't, I don't think you can completely go balanced on that. Uh, I, I think you get one stud and maybe build around that and then get you, you know, one or two value pieces if you can. Like, you know, you'll probably need Carmelo. You may need um, uh, Justin Holiday on a slate like that. So, Totally different bill. I haven't really looked at it, but that's just me trying to think through it with the players that are available. All right. If Adams is declared out, I don't think he's going to be, but if he is, Baisley or Noel? Uh, I think you just take Noel for 3,700. You know he's going to get at least 25 minutes. He runs into some blocks. I think you're good. And I'm not saying they won't play Baisley, but uh, Noel is, is definitely pretty cheap on DK. Now, on FanDuel, he's 4,500, but power forward is fairly weak, so maybe you can increase your AD share. Maybe he can get close to Jeff Green production, and, and you uh, you kind of live with that. All right, favorite overall setter to run. I believe you said it's probably going to be Nurk. Uh, Nurk on FanDuel. I actually think it's still going to be um, uh, Vooch on DK just because of the ownership. I think it's a touch too low uh, for his upside. All right, any interest in Gary Clark? Uh, slight. I mean, if, if you need the value, I don't hate Clark. I, I think it's fine. He's not someone I'm going out of my way to roster. If he fits, I'll put him in. All right. Who are the four Rockets that you're playing the most on FanDuel? Uh, Harden, Gordon, Green, Tucker. And I, I have the lock button on uh, Gordon and Green, just, just so you know. I, I've got him in everything. All right. Fournier or Clark on FanDuel, pure fantasy points. Um. Well, there. Uh, 
Fournier has the upside. I'm going to have to side with Fournier. I just – I can't take Gary Clark over Fournier. Now, Now you know, if you're trying to do it just in terms of salary distribu- distribution, then obviously I think you take a look at Clark. But I'm always going to side with Fournier over Gary Clark. All right. I think we've already caught up to every question on four-game slate. I'm not surprised that we moved through a little bit quickly. Still got a yeah. couple minutes. So, anyone – throw it in or we're probably just going to end up getting out of here somewhat early, but I'm looking through seeing if there's any questions that we missed here. Well, listen, am... we're good. Whenever we have time, I like to talk strategy and just kind of, you know, walk them through GPP play and not necessarily for, for this late, but just in general. And a lot of times I know you guys will probably hear me say some weird things. Like I'm sure on this show, I said I was fading Harden, and I think Grant was on that show and Harden did not have a great game that game. But it wasn't about him not having a great game. It was more about the things I talk about, being able to get more exposure to LeBron and AD, which I like more. Same, same scenario with Greek today. Uh, and then now you see in reverse, I'm looking at Harden, Harden's, you know, very low ownership. You know, when I was fading Harden, he was more like 45% on. Well, you know, today he's going to be around 20% on. I'm willing to accept the risk and take on a lot more Harden shares to get leverage on the field. And so that's really the name of the game in tournaments. Uh, you guys know that I hit the lock button on oddball players a lot. But, you know, when I've got a guy like Eric Gordon, who's playing really well at a weak pop, small fork position on FanDuel, when I'm already fading heart, uh, Giannis, I'm, I'm just going to do it. When I look at power forward on FanDuel, uh, it's very weak. You've got AD, you've got Bam, and then there's drop-off, and then you've got Green, you've got Clark, like – You've got to take some stands, in my opinion, to win tournaments. I can't go uh, and, and play everyone. And so th- those are the stands that I take. Just wanted to kind of put that out there in terms of, of strategy and how I kind of try to approach tournaments. All right. Nice. Yeah, we got plenty more questions. Thoughts on S today for FanDuel GPP? Yeah, don't hate it. Uh, I don't think he'll get kicked out after that $15,000 fine. Yeah. Uh, Whiteside, any interest in him? We didn't really uh, go over him too much. Don't hate it. I'm not playing him at all on FanDuel. Uh, I think, you know, he's an ultimate GPP play. He gets four blocks. He might get 30, but I don't think he's necessary. All right. 6X for Bledsoe today in under 30 minutes. Question mark. I'm hitting the X button on Bledsoe. I'm, I haven't played Bledsoe at all uh, on these slates. Just X button. He's not even playing 30 minutes. He's playing mid-20s, you know, upper 20. I'm, I'm not playing Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. Any Rivers love today? Uh Negative. All right, someone says it's all about fantasy points per dollar. No, fantasy points per dollar is not an accurate indicator because the arbitrary floor that all these sites put on make it entirely different. Fantasy points per dollar on Yahoo is entirely worthless because it's always going to be the smallest price guys. And fantasy points, if you have, if DK arbitrarily put the minimum price at 7000 Every single time, it's going to be the highest price players. And if you put it at arbitrarily at 2K, it's going to be the lowest price guys. The floor is what makes it so it really does not matter. So fantasy points per dollar is not an accurate indicator. It's just kind of what we use as a go-to here. Realistically, if you're over on lineup HQ, the smash percentage is probably a better thing to go to, which I believe is, what, three? I can't remember. It changes for every single sport, but I think, what is it, 4X plus 15, I think is generally what – they use because the arbitrary floor it's different it's also different on every single slate so pricing can change drastically from slate to slate based on how much low value there is and a whole bunch of other things so going off of strictly 
points per dollar. It's an easy way to do things, and it is a little bit applicable. But just know that the higher points per dollar at the higher prices is better than the higher points per dollar at the lower price points, and it changes from site to site. Um, on DK, pair AD and Braun with Harden. I don't think you can do that at all. Or today. AD I, I, slash LeBron or Har- with Harden. Okay. Uh, you might be able to get – I'm not even sure if you can get away with that unless Clark or one of these cheap guys gets you 30. I, I, I'm more geared towards a one-stud build today. I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't know if you can get away with two and feel comfortable. Yeah, someone asked what's the gem you found, and I believe it was Warren, right? Because it's easy swap over from Brogdon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just an ownership thing, and I feel like Warren and Brogdon are pretty equal in my book. I feel like Warren's played better overall in the bubble. Uh, you know, one's at 5%, one's at 44%. I'm willing to ride with the guy at 5%. Yeah, um, you said you're fading Giannis on FanDuel. I believe that's correct. Yes. Um, everyone keeps asking about Clark. You're not on him. Uh, I mean, light, light shares. I, I don't think I have them in my build currently, and I probably won't end up with them. But, uh, you know, I do have Enos, if that helps you. Yeah, um, Enos or Fournier. Uh, which site? Does there, it? Mm, I mean, I'd side with Fournier if it's straight up. Yeah. Um, any Carmelo? Oh, plenty. plenty. Plenty of Carmelo for me today. Thoughts on Gallo on FanDuel? Uh, I've hit the X button on Gallo on both sides. I don't play Gallinari over 6K. You know, he doesn't score 40 points enough for me. Mid 5K, I would play him all day. Danny Green or KCP for cheap value? The toss-up, either one. Yeah, I mean, Either one of those guys is fine. They're, they're about equal to me in that offense at this point. Augustine or Schroeder or – Augustine and Schroeder or Caruso and SGA. FanDuel. Uh, probably take Augustine Schroeder. Opinions on Vooch after Bucks took away the three, took the three away from him. I still like him. I, I think he's going to be fine. Jeff Green, you're playing him. Yep. Uh, I got I got the lock button on Jeff Green. I'm not just playing him. I've got the lock button. Nurk at four percent over on DK leverage spot. Oh uh, yeah, I, I don't hate that. I mean, he's he's a lot higher price, but the guy's got fifty point upside. If he hits it today, you're going to be on an island. All right, AD and DGA or DJ and or Drogic and Gallo. Oh, AD and uh, AD and Augustine yeah, or Drogic yeah, yeah, and Gallo. Yeah, AD AD and Augustine easily. All right, we're already talking about Jeff Green. We're almost out of time here. Last question, I think. Uh, that's not even a question. Nope. We're out of questions guys. It's been fun. Well, thank you. We got Roth. We got Meansy. We got Tuttle on the next show here. Crunch time. It's coming up. Good luck on all your contests. We're out of here. See you kids. Yeah.